Get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. No one joining me today. Unfortunately, 60s has a prior important engagement. So it's me flying solo for the preview podcast. So we're going to power through the two previews this week. No Jersey flag and no New South Wales Cup, meaning there's only NRLW and NRL games to preview. But before we jump into those games, a quick shout out to the sponsors of the show, Big Swing Golf North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellon and Parramatta. You guys know how important they are to the making of the tip sheet. So let's get right into it, starting with the NRLW as the Parramatta Eels in 10th place take on the 6th place Brisbane Broncos. But don't let those ladder seedings fool you. Brisbane are in some imperious touch after a couple of very convincing wins, including an absolute evisceration of the North Queensland Cowboys last week, I think along the tunes of 40-10 to 10 or thereabouts. Uh, the Eels go up to Totally Workwear Stadium, so it's one of the smaller venues in Brisbane. This one is kicking off at 3.10pm on Saturday the 12th of August. Quick look at this Brisbane Broncos lineup. Plenty of star power in there. You've got Howie Maddock at fullback, Lauren Dam and Ashley Werner on the wings. The fearsome Melee Hafanga is in the centres alongside Sinead Chisolka. In the halves, former Parramatta Gal Broughton will partner the captain, Ali Brigginshaw. In the front row at prop forwards, we've got a Brianna and a Brianna. So Brianna Eels with an E and uh, Brianna Clark with an I. They're the two prop forwards. Lavinia Gould is the dummy half. Back row, Tasman Gray, Romy Teitzel, a couple of very well-known names there. Maria Demon is a lock forward on the interchange. Jada Ferguson, Philomena Hanisi, another former Parramatta Real there. Chelsea Lenarduzzi and Jasmine Fogavini, a couple of strong Italian surnames there. Always appreciate seeing that in the NRL or NRLW. Uh, extended roster, Tony Hunt, Grace Griffin, Keisha Lee Corwell, and it's a short reserve lineup for the Broncos here for only three players on their extended roster. Looking at the Parramatta Eels now, they've got a couple of a cha- uh, couple of changes this week. Sorry, a couple of big ones coming in, but unfortunately also the loss of Kennedy Charrington, who did lose her. Well, I wouldn't say she appealed; she went direct to the judiciary and copped the four-week suspension on the chin. So let's start at fullback Abby Church. She is in the number one. On the wings, you've got Zawi Faye on the left edge and Monique Donovan on the right. In the centres, Kimberly Hunt gets her official number three or first official number three on the back after coming into the team late last week. She will partner Cassie Tohihiku as the other centre. In the halves, Pahuka Berriman Duff retains her number six spot. She's working alongside new recruit, new marquee recruit, and our first, first-time Parramatta Eel in terms of proper games, Rachel Pearson, who will captain the team. So big in there for the Parramatta Eels. In the front row, Talisha O'Neill works alongside another big in, another marquee recruit, Elsie Albert. Finally fit, both Pearson and Albert have overcome calf injuries that have kept them out for the first three weeks of the competition. Ruben Cherrington will be at dummy half. Amelia Murphy, Mahalia Murphy on the edges. Kendi Cherrington named at lock four. We're still waiting to see what her official replacement is, uh, but I imagine that it would involve Talisha O'Neill or someone similar moving to lock forward and another prop like Maddie Jones coming into the starting team. But speaking of the interchange, Capri Paykow is the utility dummy half at number 14. Madeline Jones, Shannon Muru and Kyra Simon round out the reserve interchanges. 
But the extended roster features Tyler Amiatu, Tanika Todhunter, Ruby Jean Kennard Ellis, Chloe Jackson, and Lindsay Tui, one of whom will come into the team. Uh, presumably, probably Ruby Jean Kennard Ellis, but they probably have some other options there too. Could go Tyler Amiatu, depending on how they want to shape that middle rotation. Officials for the game, Belinda Sharp is the senior review official, uh, but no one else has been posted with the main whistle war on the sidelines. So obviously trying to juggle that roster across the weekend and figure out who's available. Yeah, well, the Eels, they're out of home games. We've spoken about this on the podcast prior. They're on the road for the remainder of the NRLW season. Even with two home games credited to their name to come, they're at uh, Cogra and Canberra. So they're, no, they're gonna, not going to gain any benefit in terms of home field advantage there. So they've got to do it the tough way on the road. And they're taking on the Brisbane Broncos, who did start 0-2, but rounded that corner fiercely last week when they, as I said, eviscerated the Cowboys. Yeah, it's, it, it is tough to spin this in a positive light for the Parramatta Reels. They're travelling across the border, taking on one of the premiership contenders that look to have roared back to life. They did show some good signs against Newcastle. Like I said, in spite of that scoreboard, I thought they battled fiercely. Uh, looked a lot more intent in defence, a lot more energetic. Uh, just couldn't quite capitalise on some early opportunities, and Newcastle got a good run of possession. Went down a player in the second half when uh, Kennedy got sent off. And, yeah, it sort of spiralled from there. But this is a game where the fundamentals need to be reinforced, sorry, once again. Uh, that forward pack needs to find a footing in the ruck. Elsie Albert has to lead the way in the absence of Kennedy Charrington, but she will need support. Talisha O'Neill needs to come with her. She's going to need the interchange forwards like Jones, Simon and Muru, as well as whoever comes in for Kennedy uh, to go with her and battle against a very, very good Brisbane forward pack in order to give their outside backs and halves a chance. And speaking of those backs and halves, uh, Rachel Pearson making her club debut, she has to be instrumental in this one. Uh, her kicking game is going to need to be really precise, uh, both clearing and attacking. She's going to need to organise both sides of the field and give them opportunities to attack uh, with the ball in hand. And probably the other thing that we shouldn't be sleeping on too is that if all that stuff comes together and the Eels can get traction in the ruck and they can create opportunities out wide and capitalise on them, one thing they've really let themselves down in, in the first few weeks is converting those tries. And while I know that the scoreboard has blown out to a point where those conversions wouldn't necessarily make a difference in the big picture, in the context of the flow of the game, having those extra two points can you know, mean a lot in terms of scoreboard pressure and just creating other opportunities. And Rachel Pearson's going to come back in and I imagine she's going to take over the kicking duties and hopefully do a, a fairly uh, neat job of converting those opportunities. And yeah, and that, that's the reality is that on, with... With the ball in hand and what they can control, the Parramatta Reels just need to keep tuning up what they've been doing across the last few weeks. Obviously, it started pretty ordinary against the West Tigers and the Dragons, but I do think they made some steps last week against Newcastle, but they can't let that sit there. They need to make another big stride or two if they're going to be competitive with the Brisbane Broncos. Because when you look at that team, uh, I mean, goodness, they've just got strike across the park. Uh, Hallie Maddock is a very good fullback. Gail Broughton is a real live wire in the halves now. She's done a fantastic job for Brisbane and looked Real dangerous last week. Ali Brigginshaw is you know, not just a representative halfback, but one of the best players in the NRLW. And so you should look at that spine right there. They've got three very, very dangerous players, and that's before we even consider their new recruit, Mele Hafanga, who ran riot last week against the Cowboys. And that's going to be a tough assignment for Cassie Toehiku, who I believe was will be marking up against her. Uh, but Cassie's a good young player in her own right, and this would be a great challenge for her. And, you know, you always look for those big matchups in the centres. It's part of the reason why we enjoy rugby league. 
And if Eels can put a bottle on all those sort of players as well as compete in the ruck, it's going to put them in a competitive, uh, a chance to be competitive rather. The question is, can it all come together? And like I said, it, it is hard to be super optimistic about their out, their outlook right now, given what we've seen in the first few, uh, first three rounds relative to the rest of the NRLW. But if they're going to make some noise this season, if they're going to, uh, you know, not necessarily just have a, a shake at the title and a big run to the finals, but do themselves the sort of service that they, they should be doing. Uh, because there is talent in this team. They just need to bring it out and, and be competitive. It starts this week. They've got to find a way to upset the strong favourites here in the Brisbane Broncos. And I think that in order to do that, obviously they need to work as a team. But I think that Rachel Pearson and Elsie Arbour are going to have a lot to do with the winning formula. Uh, Pearson's ability to steer the team around the park, get them through tough sets and find clearing kicks, uh, as well as you know, be instrumental in, in organising that attack in the red zone and, and capitalising on attacking opportunities, as well as Elsie Albert's just sheer toughness and work rate and impact through the middle. And it's such a shame that we're not going to see her working alongside Kennedy for at least another month. Uh, obviously, Kennedy with that four-week ban means she's not back until round eight with just uh, two games of play left in the competition. So that's a, obviously a huge setback, not just for Kennedy, but for the team. Uh, you know, I think the entire forward pack was really built around having Kennedy and Albert there to lead uh, this roster and it puts a lot of pressure on Elsie obviously to come in from that calf injury and and be the flag bearer the one charging straight into the breach uh, every run every game but that's why she was recruited and I really look forward to seeing what sort of impact both her and Pearson can make on Saturday and yeah I, I suppose in terms of a tip I'm going to back our girls uh, I know that realistically they are the outsiders in this one but I am very keen to see what Pearson and Albert can do to, to sort of turn the tide here I think that Albert's going to be big in terms of production she's going to be working for uh, you know in a, in a 70 minute contest I wouldn't be surprised if she's getting well over 50 minutes of uh, play time if not going close to the distance while Pearson I think is just going to be involved in everything that is going to be good about Parramatta's attack so if they're going to win it's going to be tough I will tip them to do it about uh Ooh, probably relatively high scoring, maybe 28 to 24. I think that the best on field will be Rachel Pearson, first try scorer. Oh, it is. Oh, I do like that back line for the Parramatta Reels. I really do like the uh, trio of Church, Faye and Toi Hiku based on what we've seen so far this season. I thought Hunt made a pretty strong club debut against Newcastle. Didn't look out of place. I will go for Zoe Faye, though, who looks like a natural down at left edge. And I think with Pearson coming back into the team, there might be a, a nice little crossfield kick opportunity. And uh, Zoe showing that she can climb the ladder and be really aggressive in attacking that football. So maybe that's where the first points will come for the Parramatta Reels. And now we turn our eyes to the only other fixture on the weekend, which is the kickoff on Friday night for the Brisbane Broncos and the Parramatta Reels in the NRL. This one taking place 8 o'clock p.m. at the Gabba. Suncorp Stadium being out of commission as one of the stadiums being used for the Women's FIFA World Cup where the Matildas are doing fantastic, so good luck to them. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a big one, boys. Uh, this is a very, very big one, a season-defining game for the Parramatta Reels. They managed to eke out a win against St. George and keep their hopes alive, but they're going to need so much more taking on the second-place Brisbane Broncos sorry, this week, a team that is in very, very good form. Uh, strong across the park, electric back line, really strong spine, dominant forward pack, good interchange. One of the, uh, obviously their finals uh, credentials are still yet to be confirmed in terms of how they can challenge, especially Penrith, but you know other contenders in sudden death football. But 
there is no doubt that this is one of the most fearsome teams on paper and they've played that way throughout the majority of this season and now find themselves nipping at the heels of the Panthers for the minor premiership. That really puts the situation into perspective for the Parramatta Reels. This is a big task this week. And the fact they've got to do it on the road makes it all that much more difficult. But hey, uh, no one said it was ever going to be easy. And the Parramatta Reels put themselves in this position with you know, games that they dropped early this season that were very winnable. Uh, and games they dropped recently uh, that were also very winnable. So they now do it the hard way. And it means winning through the Broncos, the Roosters and the Panthers. Some combination of two or three wins in those games. And they will find themselves right in the mix of finals football. But they take on a Brisbane Broncos outfit that, we're so used to saying this, uh, has got some big boosts this week. After battling for a number of weeks without Adam Reynolds, guess who's back this week? Yep, uh, their commander-in-chief, their marshal, their halfback, is back. He takes his place at halfback. Uh, Reese Walsh, who was also under a question mark earlier this week, has been cleared fit to play. Uh, Dean Mariner and Selwyn Cobber on the wings. Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth in the centres. That is an outstanding back line. I mean, Dean Marin is not their first choice winger and he is still a very good player, very good young player there. And yeah, one to five, you know, one of the most exciting fullbacks in the competition uh, and, you know, a pair of centres that are just outstanding. In the halves, Ezra Mam, who was a very good young 5'8 in his own right, will partner the uh, senior statesman of Adam Reynolds. It's a very good combination. Uh, obviously, Reynolds being the field marshal, the organiser, Mam being the sort of lightning in a bottle player. In the front row, you've got Thomas Flegler and Payne Haas. Billy Walters is a dummy half. Kurt Capewell, Jordan Rickey, and Patrick Carrigan in the back row. Uh, we mentioned earlier this week about the importance of being able to battle that middle. Flegler, Haas, and Carrigan. It is as good a front row and lock uh, triumvirate that you're going to see in the NRL. Uh, the Eels at full strength obviously have a pretty good one themselves, but they're not there this week with no Reagan Campbell-Gillard, meaning that uh, you know, the rest of the team's got to pick up the slack and battle fiercely in the middle. On the interchange, you've got Tyson Smoothie, Brendan Piakura, and Kobe Harrington alongside Keenan Palacia. Extended roster, Corey Jensen, Xavier Wilson, Tristan Saylor, Jock Madden, and Jordan Pereira. Uh, that Broncos bench, not to be slept on. Piakura, after struggling earlier in his NRL career, has really found his stride this year. Kobe Harrington's a very, very solid interchange player. Keenan Palacia, likewise. And Tyson Smoothie, a handy utility. For the Eels, they've got a couple of changes this week. Brad Arthur's been tinkering with that left edge, trying to find a solution in the absence of Mike Acevo and Sean Lane. But at fullback, no doubts there. Captain Clinton Gufferson will take over as usual. Bailey Simonson moves from centre to the wing this week on the left edge. Just bad off, like I said, sort of spot worlds and tinkers and adjusts, trying to find anything that can hold out this week. Uh, he'll be joined on the left edge by Dejan Arce at centre. Right edge, is, as always, Will Penasini and Sean Russell. Uh, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses are in the halves. In the front row, Joe Ofengai gets another start with Reagan Campbell-Gillard due back next week. Junior Barlow will be his running mate in the front row. Joey Lussick at dummy half. Andrew Davey comes back into the starting team after starting from the bench last week. He'll be on the left edge as Ryan Madison shifts back to his specialist interchange role. Bryce Cartwright on the right. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood at lock forward. On the interchange, Luca Moretti, Ryan Madison, Woodrow McGregg, and Brendan Hands, who has been recalled after a one-game stint at, at New South Wales Cup level where he had an excellent outing playing at 5'8", actually, so showing that utility value. On the extended roster for the Eels, Makahesi Makatoa, Wanga Blake, Offa Hickey Ogden, Kai Rodwell, and Jack Murchie. The officials in this one, Adam G with the main whistle, Wyatt Raymond and Belinda Sharp running the lines. Gerard Sutton is in the box. And yeah, <laughs> uh, with all that laid out, the Eels need to find a way to victory. 
and like the last few weeks, it, it feels like the first thing you're talking about is finding a way to mitigate the damage that can be done to our left edge. And it, it's really frustrating to have to start any sort of analysis or preview that way because it is such an obvious weakness for any opposition, but especially a team like the Broncos. They're going to have the likes of Reynolds and Walsh and Cobbo and Katoni Staggs down that right edge running at uh, another makeshift sort of uh, structure. That, that's not a slight on BA. He's obviously just trying to do what he can with what he has. Uh, but right now, uh, we've sort of got holes at wing uh, with Mike Acebo being unavailable due to suspension and, and not having a really strong uh, reserve winger below him. And even at left edge, I mean, I know no Sean Lane and uh, no Matt Dury, uh, one with a busted elbow and one with a syndesmosis injury from reserve grade. Uh, but we do feel a bit fit on the edges too. Uh, Andrew Davey does a solid job, but we're certainly lacking for a class back rower right now. Further, which has been weakened by the fact that we really do need to line Ryan Madison up in the ruck to compete with the Broncos this week uh, by virtue of having no Reagan Campbell-Gillard. You know, if the even if Reg was there, you'd be considering playing Maddo through the middle just to compete with that outstanding Broncos ruck. Uh, but without Reg, it, it's a obviously no-brainer. Uh, you cannot flex Madison to the left edge and look for him to shore up that side of the field alongside Dylan Brown. So it leaves a pretty obvious target for the Broncos to attack down the side that they do love attacking down in general. Can the Parramatta Eels do it? Again, this is a, a function of both attitude and preparation. Uh, Bailey Simonson's been quite good in the centres. Uh, he hasn't been terrible at wing, uh, but I think he is a much better centre than a winger. Dejan Arce has done a, a courageous job for the Parramatta Eels, uh, filling in for Dylan Brown for that suspension. Had a couple of really strong games at 5-8, but then struggled defensively in that position. And that does have me a little bit concerned. Uh, 5-8 is a position that you can protect a little bit better than centre. I think that centre, uh, in terms of the technical degree of difficulty, is probably the hardest position in the back line to defend. Uh, you're often on an island or the one making the important 2-on-2 call out wide, whether it's a jam or hold or any other variation of those defensive patterns. And he's going up against Staggs, who you know, is a, a physical phenol himself. He loves to break tackles. Uh, you know, use ability to jink and get on the outside uh, off the left foot there and, and create that op- uh, the overlap, sorry, or the op- opportunity for an overlap, uh, two on one. So Dejan's going to need to be real sharp in this one, you know, real sharp mustard. And I'm, I'm not going to say he can't do it, uh, but he's going to need to be really, really dialed in. He's going to have to have the, the game of his season, the game of his career even, taking on a rep caliber player like Staggs in such a high leverage match. Uh, but I'm going to back him to, to give it his all. And uh, hopefully that left edge can stimmy the bleeding. Uh, because the Broncos, as much as I complain about the defensive integrity of our left edge, the reality is the Broncos have an outstanding right edge of their own. They're going to get this. They're going to score points. They've scored points against every team in the competition with that right edge. So it's about mitigating that damage and not spotting them easy opportunities to attack. So if we can do that, that immediately puts us in a much better place. And then we turn to, as always, our core players. And we're going to need big games from Moses, Brown, Gufferson, uh, that rotation of uh, dummy halves between Lusick and Hans. Uh, Junior, who actually I think has picked up his game in recent weeks. I, I know that the Eels had a, lo- a big loss against Melbourne and then a sort of sneak home against the Dragons. But I think Junior's really picked up the, the slack in the last couple of weeks about Reg. And, you know, it, it is worth reminding that it has been a long, long two years for Junior. He has shouldered a, an immense workload and had almost no time off for the big man. And, when you're playing prop forward at that sort of size and that sort of condition, 
you know, it, it takes a load in the body. So if he can just haul himself to the finish line for us, it would be absolutely immense. But I think that, yeah, June is going to have to lead the way here. Uh, Joe needs to do a really solid job alongside him. Just keep that work. Joe's had some good moments, but I just I wanted to keep that involvement in there. And it's easy to fade out of games when you've got a lot of mouths to feed, but he just needs to keep getting involved and just keep hammering through the middle in attack and defense. And then you look at your other forwards and, and Cartwright and Hopgood really stand out for their ability to generate second-phase play. And this is always the, the balance for them, isn't it? Going up against a, Bron- a Broncos pack that's going to be really aggressive in defense, if they can get quality second-phase ball, it's going to create incredible attacking opportunities and really challenge that front line of defense. But the same side, well, on the other side, rather, uh, bad offloads will pile pressure onto the Parramatta Reels, cheap turnovers, uh, flipping field position when you're trying to get over your own half or just over halfway and the Broncos will swarm, and they'll feed on that. So I think for Cartwright and Hopgood, they're going to be big players in this one. If they can you know, generate the ground meters and challenge the defensive line as runners and, and build from there with the offloads, they're going to be important. Uh, we know that Moses loves to play with Cartwright down that right edge. He uses him a lot on those short balls. I, I do want him to see him use... I do want to see him, sorry, use Will Penasini a bit more too after he's established Bryce as a credible threat running the ball off those short lines, and Bryce has done that fantastically this year. But I would love to see uh, Penasini get his chance to attack Herbie Farnworth, who was another fantastic centre in the NRL. But uh, outside of all the obvious stuff and, you know, controlling the ruck, you know, kicking well, and all the sort of rugby league 101s that we always talk about on the show because they are so important to winning in a given game, if the Eels get a bit of ascendancy in this one, if they get their noses ahead in the contest... I just don't want to see him start getting reckless, is what, which is what we saw against uh, the Dragons, obviously, most recently, but a couple other times this season where a strong start has sort of been undermined by getting a bit loose with those opportunities to, or looking for those opportunities to play expansive instead of just, you know, really putting the foot to the throat and letting Mitchell Moses uh, just grind them to dust with that kicking game. So if they do get ahead of the Broncos here, and I know for a lot of people that's a big if, given the relative standings of the two teams at the moment, but there is a, a, you know, I think there is a credible chance that the Parramatta Eels can start hot and score a trial to. I want to see him, you know, put the axe to the grindstone here and just sharpen that edge. Uh, you know, just really work these Broncos into the ground because if you give them the sniff, they will find a way to score. Reese Walsh can create something from nothing. You know, it, it, that spine is so good. And even Billy Walters, he loves to run the ball and he can catch out some sloppy marker defense, which you know the Eels can be guilty of in 2023. Uh, so as a team... Obviously, they need to work together as individual, uh, individual, as their respective uh, playing units, backs, forwards, spine, interchange. You know, you need to see real energy across the park. And I'm not sure if, if the, you know, any sort of tape reveals a particular player you want to be attacking in the Broncos' uh, composition. Obviously, you know, halves always jump out as easier defensive targets to pick on. Uh, you know, they tend to be smaller. Players like Reynolds carry injuries, so they're not always 100%. Uh, so they're always, you know, targets to attack but I don't know if there's any other player in this Broncos team you can really go after because it is such a well-balanced roster uh, that back line like I said is big fast strong in the forwards they've got you know representative Middles and Flegler Haas and Carrigan uh, you know former rep player in Capewell and Jordan Ricky, who's a good young back rower Ricky, in the past I think has been a player you could target defensively um, he was in prior Eels Broncos clashes uh, to 2023 uh, I feel like he was a player we could sort of go after and get, you know, four, five, six missed tackles out of. 
He's been much improved in that regard defensively in 2023. So I don't know if you want to go back to that well. And as I check his stats, yeah, he's over 92.1, sorry, over 92%, 92.1% effective tackle rate this season, which is, I think, a, a much improved rate for him and maybe a career high watermark. So you can you can look to exploit that and maybe tap into something there, but you're going in there knowing that he has made strides in that part of his game. Uh, and even on the interchange where the Eels sometimes have a good advantage of their opposition, uh, Piakura, Hevington and Palacia, uh, you know, three really robust interchange forwards that let the Broncos keep their tempo when they go for rotations. Uh, Moretti, Madison, Greg, uh, they're not exactly chumps themselves. I just, you know, I just mentioned that we match up pretty well on the bench to most teams, but they're going to have their work cut out for them. They're not going to take over the game easily in that second and third rotation, but they will be key to keeping the Eels in this contest. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, with this game alongside the Roosters and the Pampers in the run home, uh, with a final round bye, the Eels really need to have two, and ideally three, but realistically two of these uh, upcoming three games in the bag. And I think this one, in in many ways, is the most important uh, because you get Mike Acevo and Reagan Campbell-Gillard back next week, which means you get that boost then. So getting this one now, if you can beat the Broncos on Friday night at the Gabba, if you can steal this win, uh, you, you've put yourself in such an advantageous position you're giving yourself so much momentum, such an opportunity to springboard uh, up that ladder. And you suddenly stop talking about, oh, can we make the finals to how far up the top eight can you climb? And right now, the Eels sit in ninth place, equal with the Rabbitohs on points. One point behind the Knights who had that draw, obviously, but a win behind the Sharks, two wins behind the Storm and the Raiders. So the top four is probably out of your reach at this point. Uh, but can you jag fifth? There's a reasonable case to say you can get up as high as six. That, that gets you a week one home final. And these are important things when it comes to the NRL uh, postseason. So getting this win this week is absolutely critical on so many fronts for the season. You know, not just for keeping ourselves in contention for the finals, but for the momentum that it builds, for the bonus of getting those two core players back next week and be able to leap from there. Uh, yeah, so they've got to find a way to get it done in my, in my book. And despite all our issues... Uh, despite our struggles in recent weeks, despite the fact that we are nowhere near full strength, we've got you know, a, a representative prop out, we've got a very good winger out, we've got a representative caliber back row out. Uh, we, we are struggling in that regard, and we've struggled that in, in that regard all season. Injuries and suspensions have been, uh, alongside some other factors, both uh, controllable and uncontrollable, have been such a huge influence on the shape of our season. I still think they've got the cattle that can get this one done. Uh, when, it, you know, when push comes to shove, they've got an outstanding spine, Gufferson, Brown, Moses, a couple of uh, really handy, pardon the pun, uh, dummy halves and Lussick and hands there. Uh, alongside striking the back line with Will Penasini in particular, uh, and then some good forwards like Junior, Hopgood, Cartwright, uh, you know, uh, Madison, uh, Wira McGregor, if he can get back to his best in the coming games. You know, this is a roster that, for all our issues, all our complaints, can still hang with the big boys. And they've got to find that way. They've got to find it in themselves this week to do exactly that, to hang with the Broncos and to just, you know, wear them down. And Brisbane, you know, they've been one of the real benchmarks this competition. They got the Eels and Darwin they met earlier this year. But even in that game, it took a terrible first half from Parramatta uh, to really set the Broncos up for victory. And the Eels nearly ran them down. And that, that's been a, fee, uh, a theme, a fixture of this season, is that the Eels have been able to run down almost anyone. And it, that is both a positive and a negative because they're putting themselves in positions where they have to dig themselves out of a hole, as we saw with the Dragons last week. Uh, but it also shows that this roster 
still can hang with anybody. So start strong. Don't make that lapse that we've seen in other games this season. And, and yeah, like take the axe to the grindstone. Put the foot to the throat. You know, really flex your premiership credentials this week. And that's going to be on the entire team. It's going to be on the forwards to win the middle or compete fiercely in the middle. It's going to be on the spine to control the game, the kicking game of Mitchell Moses, the composure of Dylan Brown, the the relentless competitive drive of Quinton Gufferson to be there to be, you know, on hand to save the ta- save the try at the last line of defense and chase every ball. So all those guys need to come together, play their best football, and I think the Eels can do it. So let's get to my predictions. Uh, I'm going to back the Eels to win this one. Uh, the scoreline, this one could be wild because, you know, we know the Broncos could put on a score if they get their chances. Uh, the Eels could win tight, as we've seen for, you know, chunks of the season. The Eels could also put on a bit of a score here. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the outcome, but it is worth sort of breathing air to that this Eels team can pile on points. And uh, if they get, you know, things right, they could absolutely uh, test the Broncos. But I will go for a Parramatta Eels win. Um, I'm going to go for, despite most of our games being fairly high scoring, I'll go for a more narrow margin here. Uh, Parramatta Eels 20 to the Brisbane Broncos 18. So it'll be a nail-biter. First try scorer for the Blue and Gold. I will go, well, I keep talking about him, but I will go Will Penasini. I think, you know, if the Eels are to to win this, they should be spotlighting their outstanding right centre. So I will go for Will to get the opportunity to score the first try. And then best on field, Again, uh, if we are to do this one, you're going to need a, a whole swathe of people to step up and, and really do a great job. And it's always easy to go to the spine, Gufferson, Brown, Moses. So I'll, I'll look elsewhere, sort of noting that I expect them to all have outstanding games. Outside of the 1, 6 and 7, uh, the player I feel can have the most influence in this game is probably Jermaine Hopgood. I mentioned him and Cardi and their ability to generate offloads. I feel like... Uh, defensively, Hopgood's got a massive assignment going up against Pat Carrigan uh, and obviously Haas and Fleckler as well. Uh, but I think that, yeah, he's going to be pivotal to this one. We're going to need him to defend strongly, to run strongly, and be that fulcrum in attack to generate some uh, unique attacking opportunities. So, got the Eels to win. Uh, Penasini, first try scorer. Jermaine Hopgood, best on field. And, yeah, 60s, unfortunately, like I said, could not be here today. There was an important personal matter he was attending. And he will be back for the Instant Reaction podcast tomorrow night alongside all the podcasts moving forward. So hopefully you enjoyed me rambling on by myself for a bit over half an hour. Um, Hopefully it wasn't too rough on the ears. Uh, And as always, I'll give a farewell shout-out to the sponsors of the show, Big Swing Golf, North Mead, and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellon, and Parramatta. And uh, I can't quite do it with the gusto of the big fella, uh, but I will sign off with a go you good things, go you mighty Parramatta Eels.